I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Smash or Pass podcast, part of the Smash Accept Network. Guys, we got a super exciting show tonight. We have a guest that we're really excited to announce. Before we do that, my man Snoog. Hey, we're 15 episodes in. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good and it's good to continue at Smash. We've been doing lots of good stuff. Me and Dad just got our rankings up. Quarterbacks, that's what we're talking tonight. So we're going to draft some quarterbacks with my good friend Corey and see who's has who where and values down deep with guys like Trey Lance and guys like that who are falling down the market boards that we're going to take advantage of. So I'm excited. Yeah, without further ado, we're excited to to welcome to the show Corey Bushland. That's at Football Stock from the Fantasy Football Stock Exchange. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. What's going on, fellas? Happy to be here. Talk about some quarterbacks. Uh, all I play is Superflex, so this is um, very near and dear to my heart. Um, we stack up the QBs, and we don't draft running backs ever. So that's basically the the motto in my streets. Absolutely. I mean, I keep getting all these questions. People asking one quarterback leagues, and it's like, whoa! It just feels like we're going back in time. You know, Superflex. I played in a couple triple flexes, you know, or triflex, however they want to do it. That just seems like a crazy beast. But Superflex is pretty much all I'll play in now. So um, why don't you tell for the, for the listeners that aren't, you know, familiar with your work uh, where, you know, where you got started and what you guys are doing over at the football stock exchange. Yeah, we, I mean, we cover dynasty redraft, best ball, everything over on YouTube. We are, I think 300 subscribers short of 20,000 right now on YouTube. So definitely go check us out over there. If you've never seen us. Um, And we're also teamed up with uh, Mason over at flock fantasy uh, and we're teamed up with um, uh, Chris and Pierre over at Endgame and then Zach and Madake over at Dynastyland on FlockFantasy.com where you can get access to like all of our bonus content over there. You know, articles, you know, uh, we actually just launched, I, ju- I just launched a trade value chart talking about quarterbacks. So when we're doing this, I'll probably make reference to it talking about, you know, if you were to trade away some of these high, high level quarterbacks in a super flex league, what you'd be kind of looking to get in a trade and, and spoiler alert, it's a lot. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot when you're doing your startups. I mean, we're, we're working on a startup guide, and when you have those first couple picks like we're going to talk about, you can get an absolute haul, you know, depending on which way you want to take your team. If you want to go with that year one punt, having that top three, maybe four five picks in a super flex startup right now is just like a gold mine, you know. So without further ado, you get the first pick, you know, and, and this is one where it's it's slightly debatable, but there's three guys up there at the top tier. Why don't you kick this draft off? Yeah, I mean, it would probably depend a little bit on if it's a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, if it's a four-point-per-passing touchdown league. I tend to just side with the best player in the NFL, the guy that is untouchable when it comes to probably one of the only players in the NFL that we could legitimately say 10 years from now might still be the best player in the NFL, which is Patrick Mahomes, quarterback from Kansas City. If you want to trade for Patrick Mahomes for me, I want four ones your firstborn child and your you know your summer vehicle like i'm not trading this dude off my team and if you get 101 102 103 wherever he ends up going in your drafts i think he's absolutely worth every penny because he's one again one of the only quarterbacks that year over year no matter who he's throwing to he's a lock for 40 plus touchdowns and 5,000 yards 
Yeah, and I think you can't go wrong there. I mean, I recently, I had my one and two, I flip-flopped and I put Mahomes there. I talk a lot with Jordan McNamara and he's always saying, you know, Mahomes isn't a tradable asset. You know, he's something there. You need, like you said, four firsts. You said your your summer vehicle and your firstborn child. I might not do the summer vehicle, but my oldest, we'll see what happens. Now, but that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an absolute haul if you're going to do that. At the second pick, I'm going to take Josh Allen. Um, like we talked about before, Josh Allen just gives you that that rushing upside. I think, you know, you're splitting hairs with the top two here. But for me, I, I'm taking Josh Allen here all the way. You know, I think this is a guy that every year, top two, top three, and you can't go wrong. Again, if you're trying to trade Josh Allen, it is going to be an absolute haul that you're going to need to re, you know pay up for. Snoog, we'll go with you at three. And there's not a lot to discuss with those top guys. I think once we once we get past those, we're going to really start to to dig deep and, and talk about some of the statistical analysis and what you guys should be looking for in trades. Yeah, so I think I'd be stupid here if I didn't take Jalen Hurts. I, th- I think he's the locked and loaded quarterback three in dynasty fantasy football and. I don't think it's close, personally. Um, he has that crazy high ceiling he can reach with his rushing upside, playing behind an elite offensive line, and his M- MVP caliber play last year just showed that he was him. And, you know, Devontae Smith's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's playing alongside him, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown. Great run game with DeAndre Swift. I love that addition. And then he's it's pretty deep alongside with Gainwell and Rashad Penny. So I don't think Jalen Hurts – is going to ever finish outside the top five for the next couple of years. And he was a, he had 13 rushing touchdowns last year, which is unbelievable. So I, I think he has the same level of ceiling as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes on a year-to-year basis. I'm just not sure he has the longevity of guys like Patrick Mahomes. That's my only question here, but he, he got the bag and he's ready to roll for 2024. So I'm all in. Yeah. Corey, that's a question that we, we get a lot here is I have a tier of the top three together. I've moved – you know, I'd move Jalen Hurts into that area because we're looking at, you know, points per game. He was QB one last year, the year before that QB eight, you know, and he was he's he's made that ascension into that top. I don't think he's coming down anytime soon. The weapons are there. The offensive line, obviously the rushing upside. Um, a lot of people have him down a tier from the big two. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to quarterbacks, you're not really worried about age too too much, but he is a couple of years younger than those other guys, too, which definitely helps if you're you know, trying to stay flexible early in your draft, 27 year old quarterbacks, Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, while they're still young, it's nice to get a couple extra years, 24 year old Jalen hurts or whatever. But I think, uh, I mean, uh, Snook hit the nail on the head. He's year over year. He's going to be as valuable from like a redraft standpoint as those guys, the longevity is kind of, of where I'm at as well. I think the, the passing quarterbacks have a little bit more long-term stability. And also, I mean, as good as Jalen hurts was last year, it's only a one year sample size so far. And, you know, we don't know how he would perform if, say, A.J. Brown was no longer there or whatever, if Devontae Smith got, went down for a couple of weeks. Like, we know what Mahomes and Allen can do regardless kind of what, of what talent's around them. Yeah, and I got that. And I think that the trade value, there still is still some separation between the top two and Jalen Hurts. But I'm I'm comfortable enough to move him into there. Granted, I'm a Philly guy, so, you know, I, I'm a little my, – my view is a little bit tainted, and that's the guy that I had as – a breakout for like two years now. So uh, talk to me about the next pick here. So now we, we start to, you know, we move on to pick number four. Obviously our guy, Dane Madoche, another, another Canadian. He actually set up there and he is uh, kind of helping us out with this draft. They auto picked for him as Joe Burrow. So, I mean, Joe Burrow, again, we just talked about it, Corey. We talked about how close, you know, Jalen Hurts is. A lot of people are close to putting Joe Burrow into that. 
Talk to me about where you have your tiers and how close Joe Burrow really is if he has another season like he did last year to ascending into that top area. Yeah, well, I mean, from a real life standpoint, I think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the league. So that I'll start with I'll start with that behind behind Mahomes. He would be the next guy if I was starting a franchise that I would go with. And as far as like the trade value chart that I put out, I have Allen and Mahomes in a tier with like four plus five first round picks to to trade them off in a super flex format. And then I have a mini tier behind them of Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. So for me, it's kind of like Mahomes, Allen, 1A, 1B, and then, mm-hmm. you know, Hurts, um, Burrow as like kind of 2A, 2B uh, right behind those guys at the top of a at the top of a super flex draft. For me, I want one of those like, you know, those top four picks if I'm in a startup and, and people are maybe wondering what's the best spot to pick from. To me, it would be four because then you're guaranteed one of them. I like that. So you were talking about your trade value chart and I just put out my, my super flex rankings. And when I'm, when I'm doing my tiers, I'm kind of looking at, you know, that top tier, like I said, is three, you know, and and we'll do it based off what you had like Mahomes and Josh Allen to me are worth four firsts, Jalen hurts and burrow two and a half to three firsts when you're talking about rookie picks. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of our our listeners, when we say that one of them is, has to be a stable thing, right? Like we talk about, you're not taking four random firsts for Mahomes. You're not taking three random firsts for Jalen Hurts. For me, it's like, I got to make sure I have a stable piece involved in there. Snoog, when we make those kind of trades, I mean, like I recently traded for Mahomes and I've traded off Jalen Hurts and some of those things. You almost have to have a sure thing involved. You know, you can't just go out there and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get just a couple of random firsts. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm not looking to trade them. But if someone comes to me and they have the bag ready to go, then I will. I'll move off them. If my roster's not deep and I'm kind of struggling in areas like weak flexes, no, not a strong wide receiver heavy team or anything like that, I'll consider it. I actually just moved Jalen Hurts in a startup and I got like a two and a three pair in the startup picks plus like a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. And I got move up in the next round. And I ended up landing Kyla Murray at that 206. So I ended up getting Kyler and a bunch of good assets to build off my roster and it looks good now on paper. So you kind of have to just understand the values and try to better your team in other spots if you're going to do it. But if your team's jacked up and ready to roll, there's no point in moving off one of those guys. And Corey, I want to get your opinion on a couple of trades because I've actually recently traded for all three of these guys. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I gave up the 102 and Trey Lance to get Jalen Hurts on a team that's an absolute juggernaut and I had extra picks. Now, this is before like the Richardson hype. Uh, so I want to get your quick take on that. So you know, Trey Lance, who I'm, I'm a little worried about. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. And Anthony Richardson, who went at two for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, to the theme of the show, I'll, I'll smash that. Give me Jalen Hurts all day. Love it. I love you picked up on that. The other one, I just recently also made a trade where I traded. Uh, it was Javante Williams, Kenny Pickett. Jordan Love and Quentin Johnston for Josh Allen on another team that was going from I'm big on year one punts going into year two. We're talking four random players who all have that mid to late first round value. And now I get to pay, pay, put Josh Allen with Jalen Hurts in that league. Oh, yeah. Take him back to the woodshed. You you fleece that guy. Josh Allen. Like back to your point, like when I'm trading away Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, one of these guys, not only do I want some sure things. Guys that are not like I don't want four rank like you. The, you name some players have some upside. Th- those guys are fine, but when you're talking about a sure thing, a stud quarterback and superflex, I would rather trade Allen or Mahomes or Hurts, whatever it ends up being, for two very good assets than four solid assets any day of the week. 
because the the stud factor is what you're chasing. And, you know, we could get into the like value over replacement argument all day when it comes to those other quarterbacks and the type of value that they're going to hold uh, on the market year over year liquidity. Mahomes could blow his knee out right now and he would still be the first overall pick for me or the second overall pick maybe behind Josh Allen. Those guys are just worth so much that with all the volatility and dynasty in fantasy in general, there's really, really no point of taking unnecessary risk when you have one of the few sure things. Yeah, I love that. And the other one I was I, I traded off Jalen Hurts to get Kyler Murray and two twenty-four first. One of them looks to be mid. We know that class is going to be fantastic. So if you're trading off one of these guys, you got to get into the that next tier. Um, you're up at so Burrow's gone. You got that now. It's a little bit of a decision. You know, there's four or five guys here in that next area. Who is it for you? Yeah, and again, back to the the previous point, four point six point for passing touchdown would factor in here because I think there is two guys or three guys probably that factor in for me. Um, I personally have Justin Herbert ranked uh, as the next quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think you could make the argument for Lamar Jackson, but I think part of the reason why I don't go Lamar Jackson over Justin Herbert is because my strategy in startups generally is to stay flexible as long as humanly possible yeah. so that I have the most information that I can deal with. So if I'm drafting young players that could be good for either a rebuild or for a contending window through four rounds, that's four rounds of information on how my league is drafting. Are they drafting contending assets? Is there a bunch of running backs going off the board? Are they all drafting young players? I can make it, maybe make the transition to a contending window at that point in time. So for me, Justin Herbert allows me to have a little bit more flexibility than Lamar Jackson, which is why I like going with him. And, and I guess Trevor Lawrence also kind of in that discussion as a young quarterback, who's also going to be good from both a rebuild and a contending standpoint. So, I mean, for me, when I look at like immediate future outlook for Justin Herbert, they might lead the NFL in pass attempts this year. And Justin Herbert has the best weapons of his career. His offensive line was in shambles last year, and he was still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, just not from a fantasy perspective. I actually have him on a lot of my like one-year punt teams, and he literally had the perfect season for a one-year punt because he didn't Mm -hmm. lose any value. He didn't get hurt, and he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He just didn't happen to produce a monster fantasy season last year. And, and right now, I mean, last year at this time, Burrow and Herbert were neck and neck, right? And now we have that opportunity here now, Corey, where if you have Burrow, I think you can get Herbert plus. If you're moving in that area, what kind of value are you looking to add? I mean, you know, and is it just being a little bit too picky? Because I love Burrow, but Herbert's becoming a buy. A lot of people have been moved him down, you know, a, a tier, maybe a tier and a half from that. So what would you be willing to pay, you know, to, to switch up there? To go from Burrow to Herbert? Yeah. Honestly, I view them pretty similarly. I, I wouldn't give up more than like a second round pick and maybe some small wide receiver or something like that. I'm I'm probably not going Burrow and a, or like Herbert in a first for Burrow kind of thing. Like I would, I think that's too much to pay. Totally agree. I'm glad you you didn't take my guy here. So I mean, I've been I've been flirting with Fields for a while here. I've been you know with Lawrence as well in the startup. Snoog and I just did Smash Except Nine where I got both of them, but then I traded Trevor Lawrence for the guy I'm going to pick here because I got the 112 on top of Trevor Lawrence for Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson has seen a an interesting offseason where early on, you know, in January startups, he was going 110, 112. Now I think he's where he belongs at that 106 with Todd Munkin in there, a healthy Lamar Jackson who, in my opinion, has that MVP caliber season right there. You know, like I think he is a guy that 
is is going to be playing with with a chip on his shoulder. You know, like a lot of people have written him off. I think Lamar Jackson has that rushing upside to be up over a thousand yards. He has that passing upside to be in that three to four thousand range. I mean, this is a guy that, when healthy, is averaging a point or two less than than you know Mahomes and. Josh Allen. So definitely worth the discount. A lot of people are asking, hey, should I move off of Mahomes to Lamar Jackson? I keep getting that question. And the answer is still no, especially to what Corey was saying is like, we're talking about the longevity of Patrick Mahomes, the safety of Patrick Mahomes. Those are guys where Lamar Jackson, we were almost, you know, at a point where people were really starting to sell because of the injury history, you know, and it it isn't, it's an overstated injury history. He hasn't missed that many games. He's just missed him when you need him most, which is in the fantasy playoffs. You know, he's only missed six, seven games over his career, but they're always late in the season. They're always ends up, you know, hurting you when it comes to the fantasy playoffs. And I think that's what out of recency bias has really moved him down. So Snoog, I left your guy for you. Yeah. So this would actually get tough depending on the format. If it was four point, I think you have to go Justin Fields here just with the rushing upside. He's, he's one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL, but you got to go with the chosen one here. Cause all I do is six point passing. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a massive year in 2023. And just what Doug Peterson have been able to do with him, kind of get the weapons rolling Calvin Ridley coming in Christian Kirk, even Zay Jones is decent. You got Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby in the run game. They added some offensive linemen as well. So Lawrence is going to be firing in 2023. And he did it last year with no Calvin Ridley. And Etienne was a rookie, technically. No Tank Bigsby. Robinson was really trash. So they really didn't have too much going for them. Their offensive line was kind of weak too. So he was just firing shots all over the field, making Christian Kirk's like relevant, making him a low-end wide receiver one. So... I think Lawrence has crazy upside, and I would actually prefer him over Lamar Jackson in like the long term if you're not looking at that three-year window that most people do, though. Um, I have him, Herbert, kind of in that similar outcome. I love Justin Herbert. He's a phenomenal player. But Lawrence has that rushing upside as well. He's a phenomenal athlete, pure 6'6", prototypical size you want. He was one of the best QB prospects ever. So wheels up in 2023 for Trevor Lawrence. I like it. Dane's pick then is Justin Fields. So let's let's talk about Justin Fields because a lot of people are trying to make the ascension of, you know, he was a guy that I had said in January is someone I'm going to be buying everywhere. And now the price really has skyrocketed. You know, we have a lot of the, the Jalen Hurts comps. And yeah, I mean, it's it's year three. And yes, you know, we, we're, we're getting him some new weapons. We're getting him an offensive line. Uh, but this time last year, Jalen Hurts was going mid-second. You know, sometimes, you know, you could get him 203, 205. And Justin Fields right now is going 106 to 108 as if there's no risk there at all. I mean, I love Justin Fields. I think you have a super high floor as far as rushing upside. I mean, even if he doesn't rush for a thousand yards, if he goes for 700 again, this is a guy where you will be a QB one. If you rush for 700 yards and throw for, you know, if you're in that area of 150 to 180 yards, even with that kind of rushing upside. So Corey, I mean, talk to me a little bit about Justin Fields. Cause like, you have to love the rushing upside. You have to love DJ Moore coming in, you know, and and all the right things are happening. But should we pump the brakes a little bit? A lot of people are saying, you know, that they would be willing to trade, you know, Jalen Hurts for Fields in a second. And I, I'm just like, well, let's pump the brakes here. I love Justin Fields, but he's not quite there yet in my mind. Yeah, I mean, with quarterbacks, you always got to be worried that they're going to like not lose their jobs necessarily, but the long-term stability of Jalen Hurts now with the contract that he signed 
it can't be understated just because we're making the comparison of fields to Hertz in, in as far as, you know, in the third year, he took this big step and he rushed a lot his second year to help him develop. And that's all well and good. You can't really put the cart before the horse. So for me, I, I think fields belongs in this area. I think he belongs after these guys who have proven more, even his own draft classmate than uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence has already proven enough to probably get a second contract from Jacksonville, which is saying a lot considering he's really only had one solid year. Uh, last season. So I think Fields, you know, from a raw fantasy perspective, you know, redraft wise, he's definitely going to be among the top five quarterbacks. But in Dynasty, you got to worry a little bit about, you know, how does he develop as a passer? And and is that going to impact his long term value? So for me, I, I would rather have these other guys that have gone ahead of him. Yeah. And I think it's just an ex like we're, we're I love making the comparisons. You know, they're, they're obviously there, but it's not DJ Moore's not AJ Brown. You know, the offensive coordinator and the, the offensive-minded coach isn't the same. The offensive line sure as heck isn't the same. But it is all upgrades. He finished last year as the QB7. So, I mean, I think we could see him in that top five quarterback and area, and I wouldn't even bat an eye at it. You know, I would definitely think that's something there. Corey, you are up again now for QB9. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to... I feel like I'm going to raise some eyebrows with this one. I don't know. Maybe maybe people think Watson's here. This is who I have ranked next is Deshaun Watson. So yeah, I love it. Let me just let me just say about Deshaun Watson, because I think a lot of people are reading way too much into a six game sample size coming off of two years of not playing in a suspension because we're talking about a guy that posted an electric rookie season, blew his knee out, came back first year off the ACL tear, ranked as the 13th highest passer on PFF. The next season goes out ranked as the eighth highest passer on PFF. And the final season in 2020, before he you know left the team, got suspended, all that stuff, he was the third best quarterback on PFF. And this was playing with you know Will Fuller in 2020. Like that was who he was throwing to, who got suspended at the end of the season. The team had like a top five pick, I'm pretty sure, because they couldn't stop anybody on defense. I think all we know about Deshaun Watson is that he had four seasons where he was an elite quarterback a two-year hiatus, and six games where he looked like he was rusty. So for me, I'm like, again, when this guy was healthy, he was right up there with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And their offense, you know, if anybody's concerned about it being run heavy or whatever, you don't sign and pay and trade for a quarterback and run the ball, you know, as many times as they were doing with Baker Mayfield and, and some of the other QBs that they had there. So I think Watson has weapons at his disposal. I mean, they bring in Elijah Moore, who I love. Cooper had a great season last year. DPJ had a little bit of a breakout as well. Same with David Njoku. Of course, you still have Nick Chubb in the backfield and one of the better offensive lines in the league. I think Watson bounce back seasons in full effect. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Like I have him in that 9-10 range. Someone that you know, we we had him as a top three to five super flex quarterback. And there's so many dynasty managers out there. You have to take your heart out of it. You know, like sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to own Deshaun Watson because they, this is not you're owning profiles. You're not actually associating yourself with that player. I mean, I think Deshaun Watson showed he shook the rust off in those first four games. You look at his last two games. He was starting to get back into form a little bit. Low-key, I love Amari Cooper this year. You know, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be obviously a QB one, maybe a, even top five to eight this year. Uh, now we get to an interesting spot here because you, you take the rookie. I think Watson. Kyler Murray and Anthony Richardson are all in that same area of worth the 101, 102 range. Um, and I think it really has to, this is where you determine where you want to go, right? So we, if I'm in this end of the draft here and I would decide I'm going to do a year one punt and that's the guy I'm going to take, I'm going to take Kyler Murray. 
So Kyler Murray right now, if you look at since 2018, Mahomes, Lamar both averaged 27 points. Allen and Hurts have averaged 25. Kyler Murray has averaged 24 points per game. When he's on the field, he is a special player. This is an area where if you are doing that one-year punt, this is your prototypical guy. If you can get him and he misses a month or even two months out of the season, you are literally making your first-round pick better. You are putting yourself in a position where you are going to improve your first-round pick. Kyler Murray, went on the field, is a special talent. And right now I'm seeing, like I said, I got Jalen Hurts. I traded Jalen Hurts for Kyler in 224 first, one of them being mid I think we're really starting to move him down. A lot of rookie drafts right now. I, I saw him. It, this blew my mind, but one of my home leagues, someone traded the 104 for Kyler Murray. I was like, Kyler Murray is worth more than the 104. Kyler Murray, you know, you could argue with Anthony Richardson if you really want to, you know, reset the clock and kind of work from there. But I believe Kyler Murray, once he gets back on the field, is going to have a bounce back here. So, Snoog, I made, the, uh, made that call. You're up now. You sniped me badly. So I never want to have to choose between the rookie quarterbacks. It's definitely not a spot I want to be in the draft. And if I am, I'm probably going to move back and take the cheapest one. But I think Anthony Richardson's the one here, just with the upside and the rushing that he has. Um, He was a freak athlete, one of the best. He was the best athletic quarterback coming out. He crushed the combine. He was 6'4", 6'5", 250 pounds, Mm -hmm. and he has a cannon arm. So I think if he can put it all together, he's going to have a crazy high ceiling. And even if he does, if he comes in and he's not a great passer, at least he can rush for 800 yards and score double-digit touchdowns on the ground. So I think he has a floor that people don't see, not necessarily like the NFL. I know a lot of analysts and stuff like that, scouts, saying he's a project player, all this. But when it comes to fantasy football, he's not because all he has to do is run the ball if he can't throw the ball. We saw Hurts do it. We saw Justin Fields do it. And he's a better athlete than both of those guys. So I, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do it especially with what Indianapolis has built around him. He's got decent weapons, decent O-line. He's got Jonathan Taylor behind him, ready to carry the ball 30 times a game. And what Steichen did with Hurts, I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he'll be able to get him in space, get him on the run, and get him throwing some shots deep to Josh Downs and stuff like that. So I think the upside's there. You can't go wrong with Bryce Young here either. It just depends on how you're feeling. I think if I can compete, I'm going to go Richardson. But if not, and I'm feeling like safer, I'm going to go with Bryce Young here. But they're back-to-back for me. Before we move on from that, I mean, I think Anthony Richardson, obviously NFL Rookie Watch, said that he's on the fast track to starting. If he starts every game, he's literally, like I said with Fields, a lock to be a QB1 if he starts every single game with that rushing floor. Because once those guys, like I said, seven to 800 rushing yards, then all you really need is one touchdown game and 150 to 180 yards passing and you're going to be right there uh the tricky part is you know and, and we had matt waldman on waldman was saying that just like we we see on nfl rookie watch like they're they've been impressed he's not quite as raw as people think you know there was so many drops there where he was um Corey, what do you think about anthony richardson here and the biggest thing that i'm seeing and people are asking me you know, dad in a startup should i take him 111 112 and i'm like there is a big difference in my head than taking a, a rookie at pick rookie pick 102 versus taking him at a 111 startup where you're giving up, you're, you're passing on Kyler Murray, you're ca- passing on Deshaun Watson, you're passing on some really nice core assets, and you don't win your your draft in round one, but you definitely can lose it. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. I I agree too. Uh, as far as like the he was further along than people think. I think everybody sees you know big athletic quarterback who didn't have the greatest, you know, statistical production is, you know, raw completion percentage and all that kind of stuff that box score scouts will 
will point to, but I, I think Richardson showed probably more so than every quarterback in this class, other than Bryce Young, that he can stand into the in the pocket and and evade pressure and stay cool when he needs to, and use his athleticism to create plays or run if he needs to. Like he he showed more than a one year shar- uh, starter should have shown in his position. And I think mm-hmm. that's what an NFL team was excited about. I don't think he went fourth overall just simply because he was the best athlete in the combines history. He actually showed quite a bit as a raw, true quarterback. And uh, yeah, he's got some work to do mechanically, and he probably has been working on that since the season's been done. But at the same time, he showed a lot of things that, you know, we didn't see from Malik Willis or name X quarterback. That was a project that, that didn't work out. I like it. We're going to go with the auto pick here of Bryce Young. Um, if you're drafting right now and you're at the two, I mean, a lot of people are saying if you don't have a a big preference here to trade back to, to Bryce Young. Bryce Young, obviously you're looking at two totally different prospects. I mean, Bryce Young, Bryce Young size versus Richardson size, the athleticism. Talk to me a little bit about the value difference and how close you have them. Because in my tiers right now, I mean, I have – I have Richardson at 11 and I have Young at 13 and I have it a difference between, you know, 101, 102 value versus that 103 with, with Bryce Young. How are you navigating that in your rookie drafts right now? Yeah. I mean, looking at, at Bryce Young, he was my quarterback one pre-draft and he still is my quarterback one. So he's the guy that I would take at 102 pretty much regardless of team situation, unless I have two absolute superstars already, like you know, Allen and Watson or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you want to take the upside swing on Richardson. I understand it, but I've been grading prospects since 2020, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, the only two quarterbacks I've given a higher grade than Bryce young, because I think if this guy was six foot three, 200 pounds, we wouldn't even be having this discussion right now. He would be the clear one Oh one, probably not even just one Oh two. And, uh, and for me, Bryce young, he's been small his whole life. He's been small his whole football playing career and it hasn't mattered. He played as the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in 2021. He played with a running back to throw to Jameer Gibbs last year, and he was still probably the best quarterback in the entire country outside of Caleb Williams, maybe. So uh, I think Bryce Young is absolutely worth this pick. He's going into a situation with an offensive line that was like top 12 in the NFL last year in pass blocking. They add, you know, they don't have anybody special, but they add some pieces around him, Thielen, Sanders, Hurst, you know, Jonathan Mingo in the second round. So I, I think Bryce Young's well set up for success. And as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I'm, I'm terrified playing this guy for the next, for the next decade and a half. I love it. You also do redraft with, with your website, correct? Yep. What kind of prospects do you see as far as drafting these two players? You know, as far as let's talk all three rookie quarterbacks, like where are you considering taking them into super flex in your, in your rankings? I mean, is, is Richardson borderline, top 10 to 12 and and Young's in that 13 to 15 range. Where do you have them ranked currently? Yeah. I mean, I have Richardson right there in the top, you know, 10 to 12 area. I haven't fiddled a lot with super flex rankings yet in redraft. I've been doing a lot of underdog drafts and I've been getting, you know, a decent amount of exposure to him. I think, you know, there's no real discount on that platform because the, the drafters are very sharp and they know, you know, the rushing upside that Richardson presents with Bryce Young. I mean, my comparison for him was Deshaun Watson coming out. I think Deshaun Watson's rookie season is something that we should expect out of Bryce Young. I know that's lofty expectations, but I think he's that good. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that's kind of the trajectory. Hopefully it doesn't blow his knee out like Deshaun Watson did. But he did, you know, what we saw out of Watson his rookie year, he had that monster game against the Seahawks in 2017. And then he had another big game after that. And then he ended up blowing his knee out. But I think we were about to see one of the better rookie quarterback seasons probably in NFL history. And Deshaun Watson was robbed of that. And I wouldn't be shocked if Bryce Young 
hit the ground running. It, I mean, the S2 scores kind of speak for themselves. The guy literally is already a step ahead of many, many rookies um, above the shoulders. I'm glad you said that because I'm up next in the uh, the Dynasty Dad Fantasy uh, Fantasy Cares Eliminator. If you guys aren't in those, you guys got to check out John Bosch. Go over, check out the Fantasy Cares Eliminator, raising money for charity. And playing on MFL is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a sleeper exclusive guy. I forgot how old school it is looking on there because people are like, hey, yo, dad, we signed up for it. But like, I can't navigate the screen. Nothing makes any sense. MFL is so old school. But yeah, I, I'm up next in it. I already have Trevor Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne. I'd love to get him as my QB2 in that one. So you are back up on the board. Sorry for that little anecdote. You know, I'm just like super excited to be on the clock here because it's it's just a, a fun event. A lot of you guys in the Discord, a lot of guys in the Patreon are, are you know participating in that. So excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, if you're going to get him in the fourth round, that's an auto smash, and I'd be willing to trade up because I literally, I legitimately have Bryce Young as my 14th overall player in startups right now in Superflex League. So I think he is a phenomenal prospect and, and going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, yeah. Dynasty, he goes in that early second. This, the Fantasy Cares Eliminator is more of a redraft. Right, just right. Okay, like, right. But yeah, but I'm still I'm still excited for that area. So, hey, here we go. You're up. I got a, another tier coming up here. Don't steal my guy. Yeah, so... I have two guys in this, uh, or actually just one guy left in this tier that I'm, that I'm in. And the one thing I will say about this player is that he, he does go against the philosophy that I talked about earlier, where I like to stay flexible because he's 30 years old now, but I still think he belongs in this conversation because, uh, Dak Prescott, who's the player I'm going with here is leading one of the better offenses in the league. He's got all the weapons in the world to throw to. They throw the ball at a high rate. They're going to probably be a top five team in pass attempts yet again next year, especially after losing you know, their hammer running back and Ezekiel Elliott uh, cutting bait with him. So Prescott, again, when it comes to like actually drafting in a startup, it's tough to hit the button on him sometimes because he's 30 years old now. And even though at quarterback, that's still you know a three to five year, six year potential window that you'll have of good production. I still think he kind of makes you you know, gear towards more of a contending window. And I don't really want to spend my, you know, early second round pick and make up my mind that quickly about what my intentions are going to be when it comes to rebuilding or contending, because, you know, given his age, I would, I would much rather contend uh, knowing that I'm going to get that production. Yeah. Now this is where we get to a real interesting point, right? So right now, everybody and great pick with Dak Prescott. I think he is arguably the most underrated value wise quarterback. He's, you know, in smash except 10, he fell all the way to the 209. I feel like that is an absolute smash. Like you're getting a guy who can put up 30 fantasy points for you, averages in that, you know, mid-20 range, and I think is just insane value. You can you can move around as much as you want. These are the guys that go in the top two round startups. And then we got a little bit of a lull here. There's a couple guys that go in the third round here. There's two guys, then there's a huge drop-off. Um I never own this guy. I don't like to play in the middle tiers in, in Superflex. I like to early on trade up to get in to get two of these guys that we've mentioned already, or I like to get one of them and move back and accumulate some value. But since I'm on the clock, I'm going to take someone that I don't own anywhere, and that's Tua Tagovailoa. I had it between him and CJ Stroud. I have them both kind of in that 104 rookie value range. I think Tua just has, you know, averaged 18.4 points per game last year in 2022. They, the concussions worry me. That's why I don't own him anywhere. I feel like we have a, a big risk here, but the reward with the offensive weapons, with the AFC East, that is going to be a lot of a lot of high-scoring games. I think Tua is a solid value, but he just scares me a little bit. So 
yeah, that's that's my pick there. I'm going to push it back to you, Snook. You didn't snipe me finally. So I'm going to I'm going to have to go here with with the boy CJ Stroud. I love this value on him. I'm so happy you took Tua over him. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, I have I have seven shares of CJ Stroud and zero Tua. So I was like, ah, let's let Snoop talk about his boy. I think Stroud's kind of going under the radar with his landing spot and the situation over there in Houston. I think just the defensive head coach and D'Amico Ryan's no no weapons really around him there. I think people are just kind of scared of that, but he's a sniper in the pocket. He's one of the best pure pocket passers coming out in a while that I've seen. The, the way he can put the ball in tight windows and he puts he throws the receivers open, like he said in that interview, is just immaculate, like how he can do that. I think he's going to be a great passer in the NFL when it comes to fantasy football. Six-point passing, I'm all in on him. I think he can run the ball better than he showed. I don't think he was asked to do that. and I, I think it was more of like a he didn't want to get injured type of thing, but he showed against Georgia that he can move around and be extensive in the pocket, and he lit them up. He absolutely lit them up, and it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. He made them look so bad, and he did that even when Marvin Harrison went out. So he was extending plays. I'm not sure how the college football works with the rushing, but I'm pretty sure they lose yards on a sack because he should have had like 100 yards rushing in that game, but he only ended up with like 33 because he got sacked a couple times on some long sacks. So. But he's one of the best pure pocket passers, like I said. And I think people are going to get a discount on him with kind of his situation being wary. But give it two years from now, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a top 10 guy in dynasty rankings for everybody. And I think he's going to make some noise in Houston. And I think he's a, a, a safe prospect, you know, in that 10 Ooh, to 12 yeah. range. I don't think he has the same ceiling as those guys. Uh, the next pick that was done, auto pick. Corey, Daniel Jones is the name that has really risen up boards. You know, at Smash Except, we kind of we've we've moved him up where you, you saw what the rushing upside was last year, right? He was he finished as QB eight, but he only had 18 touchdown passes with zero weapons. Now you you get Darren Waller there, you know, Wandale Robinson's healthy, Jalen Hyatt's gonna stretch the field. It, it was would Daniel Jones have been your next pick and how high up should people be valuing him? You know, the, the Brian Dable thing has everyone excited, right? They're like, just like we talked about with Jalen Hurts versus Justin Fields, they're like, oh, look what Josh Allen did year two of Brian Dable. They are not the same prospect. Again, this is not the same situation, same prospect, but we can see a little bit more of an ascension in 2023. Yeah, Danny Dimes would have been my pick as well. Um, he's kind of like, I mean, the quarterback landscape in Dynasty, it's like the middle class doesn't exist. It's you're either elite or you're like, you're bad. And yeah. uh, the middle class is starting to formulate a little bit because of CJ Stroud. I think that's partially what he represents. And same goes for, for Tua, assuming he's healthy. And Daniel mm-hmm. Jones is that last guy in that tier for me behind, you know, the top two rookies, Prescott, you know, Kyler, Watson, all those guys. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan of Daniel Jones and the ascension that he took. He's he's definitely going to run the ball a little bit. Like you said, the weapons were improved. He had a rookie right tackle starting last year and Evan Neal, who probably improve like Andrew Thomas did, hopefully, uh, after his rookie season. So, yeah, the, the, the team could be even better than they were last year. I think everybody expects them to, like, maybe take a step back or, like, you know, maybe prove that they're not all that good. But they won a playoff game against the Vikings, and I actually think they could actually be better next year. Um, with Barkley again, you know, now three years removed from the ACL tear and Danny Dimes growing into his own in the day ball offense. 
I like that because there's you're right. I mean, that's why I tell people I don't play in the middle rounds of the Superflex. Like, I don't want these guys. But I've I've moved that into tier six of Tua, CJ Stroud. And I moved Daniel Jones in there because he's starting to move his area because I think he really separates from where we're talking tier seven. Now we start to get to those ones where it's like, it, it's pick your poison. It's do you want a guy that's aging? Do you want a guy that's risky? This is the part where everybody, you know, the beginning's been a little chalk. Now let's have a little fun. Yeah, I can't believe I'm about to say this because I did not like this guy coming out. Um, I think Kenny Pickett should be the next quarterback off the board. Legitimately. I mean, he's only he's 25 years old, so he's a little older for a second-year quarterback. But when I look at quarterback evaluations, the guys that have hit that I wasn't necessarily high on or guys that have hit just in general, usually it's about how well the team built around them. If you think of Jalen Hurts last year being the biggest example of this, Justin Fields, you know, schematically, the Bears did a great job of of utilizing his strengths and Kenny Pickett just probably had one of the better off seasons any quarterbacks had in the league this past year. He got himself a starting left tackle who started for multiple years in the sec and Broderick Jones in the first round of the draft. They draft Darnell Washington in the third round, who was probably a borderline first round caliber prospect and is going to improve the, the blocking game for the run and for the pass as well as give him another weapon in the passing game. Deontay Johnson is probably the most underrated receiver in the entire league. In my opinion, George Pickens will be in his second year. Pat Fryermuth had, you know, a mini breakout season last year. I mean, maybe Allen Robinson can do something, but who knows? And then also Najee Harris played on one foot last season, um, coming into the season with a Liz Frank injury. I think the Steelers offense could be actually decent. I, I don't think they're going to be the, a world beater offense, but would it shock me if they were one of the the breakout young offenses of the, of the 2023 season? Absolutely not. And I think if Kenny Pickett has that kind of year, then he's going to be basically a, a younger version of what Daniel Jones kind of represented last year from like a value accumulation standpoint. I like that. And what I usually use, and I, I say this middle ground is I almost try to take Kenny Pickett and add something to move up. And that's kind of that area. But I do see that, you know, last year, the offense, he has the weapons around him, you know, and he has the swagger, uh, more interceptions and touchdowns last year. But I see what you're talking about because we get into this tier here now and, I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, the missionary position of quarterbacks and take Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins just year in, year out, like he, he puts up 18 points per game. You know, since he's taken over as a full-time starter, he's averaged between 18 and 20 fantasy points in seven out of the eight seasons. I think he's a guy that just comes in there and gives you solid production. But again, at this point in your build, right, if we're doing an actual startup, you know if you want Kenny Pickett or Kirk Cousins, or or Trey Lance, or what what kind of risk are you willing to take? You know, right now with where you're at, if you're at a young build, Kenny Pickett's a great pick. If you have a bunch of Devonte Adams, Tyree Kills, then you go ahead and you take Kirk Cousins and you try to win in a two year window. You know, if you're if you're punting like I did earlier with Kyler Murray, then you take a, a stab in the dark at, at a Trey Lance here. But Kirk Cousins, he's not the most exciting guy when it comes to you know your quarterbacks. But we're gonna go ahead and take him here. Snoog. Yeah. So at this point in time, if I'm kind of, this is probably a, we're at that like mid, mid fifth, sixth, seventh round range. I think you have to go with Trey Lance. It's just upside chasing. He's a very good rushing quarterback, great athlete. He has the strong arm and he's in one of the best systems you could possibly be in as a young quarterback or a quarterback in general. Jimmy G and Brock Purdy were high end QB twos in this system. And I think Brock Purdy is bad. I don't think he offers anything that Trey Lance can't offer. Um, he definitely doesn't offer anything in the run game. All he has to do is throw a five-yard pass to Christian McCaffrey, and he brings it to the house for 75 yards, or vice versa with 
George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So all Trey Lance has to do is come in as the starter and close his eyes and throw the ball up in the air and he'll produce. So I think he has a crazy high upside. I'm not the biggest Lance fan in the world. I know the injury is definitely a red flag, but I'm chasing upside in this middle round. And if I already have two quarterbacks or if I have a guy like Mahomes and I can afford to take Trey Lance here in this fifth round and then bump with like a Geno Smith, Derek Carr type Jimmy G guy in like the ninth, tenth round just to pair up with safety, I would do that all day. Because if Trey Lance doesn't start, then I miss out on a fifth round pick. But what am I doing chasing upside with taking Jared Goff in the fifth round when I can take like a Geno Smith? or anyone who falls past this into that. This is where I'm telling everybody to take Jerry, Judy, Traylon Burks, Michael Pittman, take the wide receiver here and just move back. Because I don't want the risk of Trey Lance. But Corey, I mean, we had Mason Dodd on last week, and he was saying he would be comfortable paying the 108. You know, in the 108, depending on what you're talking about, we're talking Quentin Johnson or Dalton Kincaid. I mean, what are you willing to – I own one share of Trey Lance, and the only reason I got him was in the playoffs. I traded Christian McCaffrey for Trey Lance in an early 24 first because I was out. I was like, all right, this makes sense. But, man, it, it's tough to try to tell people to buy Trey Lance. Man, I'm not doing it. I, I'm not drafting Brock Purdy's backup. Uh, I know you said, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, he's not, you know, not all that or whatever, but I mean, 8.3 yards per attempt as a rookie is an outstanding number. And I get it. He's playing in the easiest system of all time that mm-hmm. you, me, or our dad could probably throw for 20 touchdowns and five picks in. But the bottom line is he did it. And it looks like the coaching staff and the, the, the general manager in the front office, they're, they're behind this dude. As soon as he's back on the field, I think he's going to be the starter. And Trey Lance, the second he gets you know, traded from San Francisco or whatever ends up happening with him. I, I don't think he's going to have the same luster of this like elite upside quarterback. Mm-hmm. I get it. The rushing upside is there, but I don't know if anybody can operate this quarterback easy system in San Francisco, then shouldn't Trey Lance be a superstar quarterback at this point in time. And I get it. He hasn't played games because he's been hurt, but that's also, I mean, you can lose your job because of injury. It happens all the time as drew blood. So um, how, you know, starting for the new England Patriots went after, you know, he went down. So, for me, I, I think Purdy's the, the guy to own there, and I would just rather take him three, four rounds later in a startup than pass on him and take Trey Lance in the fifth round or whatever. I To Dad's point, I'm, I'm taking Judy. I'm taking you know all the guy, all the receivers that go in this area is who I'm targeting. I'm probably not targeting quarterbacks in general, but if you know somebody t- got into my head, tell me to tra- take Trey Lance, I'd probably take him outside the top 20 quarterbacks in Dynasty right now. Yeah, you're talking value of, of trade value. And you're looking at Trey Lance's at 108 to 110, where Brock Purdy right now is going 205 to 208. And it seems like the writing is on the wall there. And that's, you know, and, and it's just about how you like to play Dynasty. I understand Snook's point there completely. Uh, our auto pick was Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson gets rid of uh, once Hackett left, showed it he can still cook a little bit. We'll see what happens in, in 2023. But let's go to your pick here, Court. Yeah, do you mind minimizing the board there a little bit just so I can see the see the landscape as I as uh, I look through it? Oh, just that far right on the far right there, the little air, down arrow will minimize yep. the board so yeah. you can see there. That's that's my my dad boomer time. Yeah, no, there no, no worries. I figured there we go. That's better. Wanting to see what the board looks like at this point in time. So, um, with Russell, I mean, I would I would definitely would not have gone with Russell Wilson. I understand the upside case. You know, he could bounce mm-hmm. back, and I mean, he was once. I'm I, I guess he's still considered like a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know if that's hurt his case recently. Um, I don't find myself drafting this guy very often, but I think this is probably the range that I would, I'd be comfortable with them. Uh, another guy kind of similar to Kenny Pickett that I'll, I'm, I'm not super high on, but I can see 
what, you know, people would see in him with Jordan love. I think people assume he's like this, like check down Charlie, like no upside quarterback. But uh, when I was scouting him coming out for 2020, my comp for him was Jameis Winston, who's like the opposite of that. Um, who's, you know, a gunslinger, you know, throw it downfield type of guy. Jordan loves an underrated athlete as well. I think he can run a little bit. I don't think he's going to put up like 800 rushing yards and six touchdowns or anything, but I think he can give you a little bit on the ground. And he's also been a sneaky winner this offseason. I mean, I, I, I think Jaden Reed was one of the better sleeper wide receiver prospects in the class as a, a slot receiver there for him. He's got the two outside guys with Watson and with uh, Romeo Dobbs. And then they also drafted Dontavian Wicks late in the draft, who I thought was a decent deep sleeper as well. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you got, um, you got the two running backs, obviously to take the pressure off of them. Uh, so I actually, and the two tight ends they drafted as well. Like they, they've done a, a good job of building around him. And I think Jordan Love needed time and he, now he's had the time to, to develop. So the fact that, you know, he actually get the one thing that you never seem to get in the NFL, which is time at quarterback. I mean, it's, it's taken two years for the Jets to get sick of Zach Wilson one year for the Cardinals to get sick of Josh Rosen. Usually you never get this, this development time. And I'm surprised that the Packers have been this patient with him, but it's probably a good thing. Cause if he's going to hit, he might hit big this year. And I actually think if I'm going to take an upside swing, I actually think love is the upside swing that people should be taking in this area of the draft, not Trey Lance. I like that a lot. You know, I think green Bay's done a similar type thing that they did with Aaron Rodgers, where it was three years of seasoning and then see what happens there. And I'm not saying he's the next Aaron Rodgers, but they saw something in there. Um, that the next pick, I know you you keep taking the young upside guy and pushing the uh, the veterans to me, but I'm going Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is another guy that you know he's 28 years old. He has a lower dynasty ADP than 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 most of these guys that we're talking about. But if you look at it, former number one overall pick, QB 14 in points per game last year, 29 touchdowns. Look at the supporting cast there with Amon Ross St. Brown. They add Gibbs. They add Laporta. Jamo is going to be coming back midseason. And I think, you know, if you look at his last six weeks of the, of the year, he was QB5. So I'm perfectly fine with Jared Goff is, as my back-end QB2. I would much rather have him as my my QB3 in a lot of situations, but I'm I'm perfectly fine taking Jared Goff here. Snoog. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that I'm not a Trey Lance truther, Corey. Oh, no, no. Oh, we I knew not. you weren't a we Trey were Lance truther. I just wanted to point it. I just wanted to point out that I'm the opposite <laughs> no. of a Trey Lance truther. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I think... Here we're at this point now where I'm I'm stuck between two guys. It's either Geno Smith or Aaron Rodgers for me here. I think what Seattle has done kind of in that with Geno Smith and built around him, I mean, he's another guy in one of those situations where he just has to close, the, close his eyes and throw the ball up in the air. And DK or JSN or Lockett or someone's going to catch the ball. They're going to have a stout run game. They added, they beefed up that backfield. They added one my clear wide receiver one in the 2023 class. And one of the better wide receiver um, coming out in a little bit for me, JSN. So I think Gino's going to have another phenomenal year. They paid him. He's on a three-year deal. So at least we know that we're going to have him in Seattle for the next three years. So it's not like it's, oh, is he going to get paid? He proved that he could get paid. And they paid him. So they truly believe in him. I don't think he's the best player in the world, but I think he's a solid game manager with upside. And he has a great arm, and he showed that. So. He's, he's a great guy that I would love to pair with like a if I have like a Mahomes and say I went with one of these younger guys like Love, Pickett, or Lance, just chasing that upside. If you grab a Geno Smith just to, for that safety net is strong QB2 numbers while those guys take a little bit to get ready. I think that's just a smart move to make in Dynasty. And he's one of the cheaper stacks you can get if you could pair him up with JSN, DK, stuff like that. 
All you got to do is I, I've got him in the seventh round recently, late seventh round as my QB three. I paired him up with Richardson and um, Justin Herbert. So I think that's just a great strategy to go with. And I think Geno Smith can build off what he did last year, even though I'm not the biggest believer in what he's capable of doing. I like Seattle a lot and I like what they're doing there. So, and he's the head of it. The auto pick there was Aaron Rodgers. I think, you know, both these guys have some upside for this year. You know, those are the kind of stopgap type players. Uh, Corey, without talking about Rodgers, let's move into your pick because we're, we want to be mindful of your time here as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably be, I'd probably be poor process. If I'm low on Trey Lance, I guess it's probably reason that I would be high on Brock Purdy, right? Because somebody's going to start there in San Francisco in the long term. And I, I think it's going to be Brock Purdy. So I'm going to go with Brock Purdy here. It, I think there was a fall off as far as these veterans go when Goff, when Gino, when Rogers, Russ are all off the board. I think it makes sense to, I mean, you're in the range of the draft where you're probably in the ninth, 10th, 11th round of a startup you've got wide receivers already you probably already have two quarterbacks maybe three quarterbacks on your roster to me just give me the upside of the guy that I mean if Brock Purdy is the starter for this 49ers team next year and he goes out there and and performs the way that he did as a rookie we're probably talking about a guy that's a fourth round startup pick this time next year and I don't think you're going to get a lot of quarterbacks in this area of the draft that have that kind of upside especially if you're building a productive struggle a one-year punt that can go from, hey, he's an upside QB4 for my team to he might be the second best quarterback on my team or at least worth as much as the second best quarterback on my team. So again, if I'm low on Lance, I should be high on Purdy. I think that stands to reason. Yeah, this is that area, like you said, it's like these are the guys that you're you're trying to play some upside, you're trying to get there, and you guys keep just pushing veterans to me because and just to make me talk about him now i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Derek carr here just because i think Derek carr is a serviceable qb3 he's someone i think in new orleans has some nice weapons there with a alave kamara like it's not that this is not that pick you go high five and text your boys about but it's you know he's gonna fill in for you for a couple weeks and i think at this point the upside is starting to drop on some of these prospects that we have in a similar area so i think Derek carr is someone that you know yes i think i can get a 24 first for him at some point this year for a team that needs a quarterback when they go down. And that's something we know that 24 first class looks phenomenal. We're excited about that. We're going to continue to talk about that all season, but if I can get a 24 first, he's one of the last guys here that I think that is a feasible option. My range is just getting grosser and grosser as it comes to me. So right here, I think it depends on what my roster looks like. If I'm kind of in that rebuild phase or I have the opportunity to take the upside swing on a quarterback, I'd probably just shoot for Levis. But I think the pick here, if I'm competing, is going to be Jimmy G just because I think he's going to be able to produce high-end QB2, top 15, top 16 numbers there with Adams, stout run game with Josh Jacobs. He's got Michael Mayer. He's got Hunter Renfro. He's got Jacoby Myers familiar system with Josh McDaniel. So I think Jimmy G is just going to come in and do Jimmy G things. He's just going to get you two touchdowns and 250 yards on a week to week basis and be like a top 16 guy. So if I need that QB three and my team's all in on competing or even QB two, if you faded quarterback and you built up that wide receiver room or running back room, I think Jimmy G is just the guy here that, you know, you're going to get production from in 2023 and 2024. Yeah, I think if Derek Carr was boring and you're not high-fiving your guys, Jimmy G and Mac Jones here going at the end here, you're like, okay, not not a lot of excitement there. You're not telling anybody that they're on your roster. Corey, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's do a little bit more rapid round here of these this next round. Who are you taking? Yeah, full disclosure, I actually forgot Will Levis was on the board still. 
I, I probably would have taken him over Purdy, but um, you know, I'll stick to, I'll just say that, that I didn't actually know that. And uh, Will Levis will be my pick here. I think he's again, one of these quarterbacks that actually has upside because he can run a little bit. We saw that in mm-hmm. 2021 rocket arm. He can ascend up boards, even though, you know, it, it, he went to the most milk toast landing spot of all time in the Tennessee Titans in the second round. Didn't get the first round capital that we thought. Yeah. But I do think, you know, if he goes out there and has like a Kenny Pickett caliber rookie season, he could hold some value in that in the mid rounds. I got absolutely roasted for saying he's one of the best superplex values right now. I saw him go. He's usually going in that 112 to 203 range. I saw him go 208 in a draft the other day. And I'm just like, this is a guy that's going to get a start. You know, like he's going to start by week, week six, week seven, week eight. And I think he has an opportunity to excel. A lot of people are like, well, Tennessee could have a top three pick. They'll replace him. Hey, there's a lot of ifs in there. Um, The next guy, I'm actually going to pass on the old guy. I'm going to take Desmond Ritter just because I think Right, the, he showed a little bit of a flash towards the end of the year. The weapons are phenomenal. He, you know, this is a this is a rental because we have to. Atlanta's going to bring somebody else in next year. You know, Tyler Haneke is is in there. He's a in the mix for sure. But I think Ritter, given the fact that they have London Pitts and Bijan now, has to at least produce serviceable numbers. You know, and I think he he's going to have another little bit of upside here. Snoo gets gets getting slim, man. Yeah, I, I think we just have to shoot shoot with Stafford here just because we know he's going to have Cooper Cup alongside of him and what those two did two years ago. I know Stafford had that elbow issue, and he had a really bad year last year, missed a lot of time, but he's just another guy you know what you're going to get from him. He's a good game manager with upside. He was QB5 two years ago, so I don't think there's anything wrong with going with Stafford here, but I, I, I would consider Howell as well. I know Howell just went. I got sniped. That's what the face that, that I the, just made. The, I know. Like, we all automatically were like, oh, the auto pick is Sam Howell. I was let's, debating him there just because Well, let's the talk about side. Sam Howell, right? Like, a lot of people are really in on him right now, Corey. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, we're looking at a one-game sample size. We were shocked to see how late he went in the NFL draft because at Smash Except, we loved him as a, as a prospect. He went later than what we anticipated. He's another draft winner. We talked about Gino was a big winner. Sam Howell not getting competition was a huge win there. Is this a move where it's like kind of like Ritter? We're probably going to have him be replaced next year. Or do you think Sam Howell can keep the job? And he was my QB one in last year's class. So I thought he was the best prospect in the class. If you looked at his 2021 or 2020, whatever year that was tape, he, he had a first round prospect written all over him. And then obviously loses all his guys and he has a bad season and that kind of stuff. But the the thing that was lost in the shuffle in that bad season is that he joins a list of Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson. Those are quarterbacks that rushed for a thousand yards in college. Like we're talking about a guy that legit ran the ball at a high level. And I, he doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't run the same way as those guys. He doesn't look like he's the best athlete in the world, but he also lit up the radar gun to the tune of the same throw power that Patrick Mahomes threw at the combine as well. So this guy has legit physical tools and, and similar to Jordan Love. I think people think he might be this like boring starter that like they're going to end up replacing. To me, that's what Desmond Ritter is like Desmond Ritter's a boring mm-hmm. starter in my opinion. But with Sam Howell, if he goes out there and he performs, you know, at a high level, I, I, I don't exactly know what that bar is and how much it would take for him to not get replaced in a future draft class. But I thought he was a good enough quarterback to be at least an early second round pick. I think he's a better quarterback prospect than Will Levis was. And Will Levis went at 33 overall. So um, Howell's interesting. He's definitely an upside swing if you're building out. You know, I've had a couple. I just did a startup where I took, uh, I believe it was like two anchor quarterbacks. I think it was Trevor Lawrence and and uh, 
and uh, CJ Stroud. And then later in the draft, I grabbed both Brock Purdy and Sam Howell. Cause I think, you know, when you're building a rebuilding team, I have a possibility of four starting quarterbacks. They're all, you know, under the age of 26 years old. So I think, uh, I think he's a great upside swing in the like 10th to 13th round, depending on how QB heavy your room is. And I, I love Sam Howell. He would have absolutely been my pick there. I like that a lot. I feel like I'm looking at the sleeper ADP and I kind of like glossed over it a little bit as well. Uh, smash eight, smash nine. I've taken him as my QB three. And I think, you know, he, he definitely has some upside and there. He's going to QB 32 overall out of this group. So, I mean, that is, that is nice value. I'm going to spare us from going too much further because it really starts to thin out. You know, I always look at startups. If we're in this area, like later on, I always prioritize those high priority, um, insurance quarterbacks or those those you know your Mariota your Minshew your Mike White who I'm you know like if I took tag to uh definitely I think Mike White could put up big numbers there's all those guys we kind of go with late so Corey this has been this has been a lot of fun I love the fact that you use the the smash brand in there you know it's been interesting chopping it up with you why don't you tell everybody again what your you know where they can find you what you've been working on and you know like I said we're we're going to push all of your content over there in our, in our Patreon and really, you know, try to get some new eyes on that stuff. Yeah. One thing I will want to say, just because it, it ended at an odd here, uh, odd spot here. I do think Ryan Tannehill is actually a fine option for contending teams as like a quarterback three. If you grab mm -hmm. like, you know, one of those like riskier quarterbacks, like Snoop was talking about earlier on, I think he's the cheapest guy that you could get potentially to start for some games for you. Cause I, I firmly believe even if Tennessee moves off of him, he should start somewhere next year, whether it's like Tampa or Washington, some team that, you know, might not have a starting quarterback in house. So he's the last guy I wanted to talk about, but yeah, uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy stock exchange over on YouTube is how you can find everything that we're doing, pumping out, you know, video a day, pretty much over there. And then uh, check us out on flockfantasy.com. Of course, we're teamed up with Mason, like I said, Endgame, Dynasty Land, and we brought uh, together all, you know, one site that you guys can get all of our bonus content over there. All of our rankings are over there. The Dynasty Trade, you know, value uh, chart that I talked about throughout this video is on there. And then also uh, all bonus articles, bonus video content, all my databases, my, you know, uh, grades of all these prospects that just came into the NFL and the Dynasty Wall Street Journal, I called it. Um, so you can go through and, you know, see who I had rated over who and that kind of thing pre-draft while the uh, while the takes are still hot. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything I'm up to. You can follow me over on Twitter at Football Stock as well. I love it. And Snoog, you've been blowing up Twitter again. A lot of a lot of great articles, a lot of great threads. Why don't you tell everybody what they're, you know, the, what you've been working on and we'll close it out. Yeah, just shoot me a follow over at FF Snoog on Twitter. That's where you can find all my work. That's primarily where I'm focused on right now. I've been absolutely hammering just the dynasty running back landscape right now because I think right now is when you buy your running backs. I think they're at a discount, especially post-draft, a lot of rookie hype and stuff like that. People aren't looking to buy running backs right now because the season's a, a bit away and people don't like running backs if the season's not going. So now's your time to buy them. I've had I've been absolutely hammering tweets on that. I'm also starting to focus in on breakout players, sleepers, stuff like that for you guys to focus in on, on your redrafts and dynasties. I'm just big on the values and stuff like that. Now that rookies are just done, I'm relieved to be done with the rookie stuff. I'm going to focus in on more quarterback heavy stuff too as well, because like Corey said earlier on in the pod, that's the anchor of dynasty. And that's kind of where you start building your teams at. Love it. And if you guys, now is the perfect time to check out the Patreon. Just finish up the top 200 ranks for one quarterback for Superflex. Put 
the uh, dynasty value chart for, for your trades, put it names to everything. I mean, guys, it is looking fantastic. Make sure you guys check that out. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.